0: Welcome to episode 88 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is our lead Greek professor for
1: the semester. Oh, you almost missed one there. John Scott Sloat. The Ocho Ocho episode. Yeah. We're here. 88. We're, are we 12 away? From my no, it's documented well. My math skills aren't great, but I'm pretty sure we're pretty close
0: to hundred. Yes, yes, yes. I can confirm that 88 is reasonably close to yeah. 100. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Should I be concerned? Has someone else set up the grade
1: book in your uh, in your Greek class? So Actually, the numbers... I just honestly, I just imported yours from when you used to teach it. Okay. And so I think with reasonable assurance. So there's know, no calculating but... involved on your
0: part. It's I don't, just no. plug numbers in, and that's right. Moodle does the magic. That's right. Yep. Okay. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, you can find us on social media at VNS Pod on Twitter. Email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, Various and Sundry Podcast on YouTube, Various and Sundry Podcast. And we would love for you to go on to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review and a rating. And John, we have
1: breaking news We have a new review posted. Yeah, from uh, uh, Danny. In Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah. And we're getting some music through. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a vault. We have concrete walls around us. And our... I don't even know what to call this thing. Podcasting recorder doohickey. Um <laughs> yes. will pick up local radio stations from time to time. Yeah,
0: one specific one. It's a, it's sort of a classic rock one ish. Like when we were getting ready this morning and and doing the, the the testing, we had Toto's Africa filtering through. So yeah. So if you just heard something, that's yeah. what that was. Yeah, I think we've I think we've addressed it. You moved the microphone cable away from your metallic. Um, Coffee mug there, and I think, yeah. I think that fixed it. You think that my coffee mug's I don't know. functioning as some sort of antenna <laughs> for, so for the radio station? It's a portal into another universe, for all we know. But in any case, we're recording on a Tuesday morning, early morning. Well, I think earlier, earlier, than earlier, earlier than, than we, we normally room. do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this were a Monday or a Wednesday or a Friday, you'd be in the middle of. i in right the middle now. of Greek right now. yeah, yeah. 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 So. So this is after Labor Day weekend and, of course, uh, in terms of the world of sports, a uh, big football. college football weekend. Mm-hmm. College football off to its uh, inaugural weekend here. So let's dive right in with uh, the most significant, which, of course, was the Ohio State Buckeyes winning their season opener, 45-31.
1: Yes. And did you watch any of this? I, I did not. Um, way past your bedtime. Way, I mean, it started way, at 8 o'clock. Way, I mean, way come past on. past my bedtime, yes. Yes. Um, the score was a little closer than
0: I expected it to be. Well, I mean, the spread was around fourteen, okay. and that's what they won by. So, I mean, it was you know, if if you if you pay attention to those sorts of things, <laughs>
1: which it's becoming more and more ubiquitous.
0: Oh like, gosh. it feels like can't we can't avoid can, it now. We
1: can pay. We pay a lot more attention to, yeah. to gambling now.
0: So, I mean, actually, they trailed at the half, fourteen ten. Okay, and their freshman quarterback C.J. Stroud had some shaky freshman moments in that first half. Before, but he settled down. Yeah, so I think in the second half he was in the second half he was like five of eight in terms of passing, but that accounted for something like a hundred and sixty yards and four touchdowns. Hmm. So he only threw one pass that wasn't a touchdown. Uh, lots of big plays, like okay. all of all of Ohio State scoring plays were over thirty-eight yards. Wow. So big explosive plays. Okay, Uh, Defense still has some scary issues there. Uh, That's a big concern moving forward. They play Oregon this upcoming Saturday. So that's a big game for them. Thankfully, they have that at home at noon, which will be 9 a.m. for Oregon. So, you know, a little strategic advantage there. Absolutely. But uh, other uh, other college football news, Um, the biggest game of the weekend was Georgia against Clemson. Georgia won 10-3.
1: Yeah, exciting
0: game. And there were no offensive touchdowns. Oh, the gosh. only touchdown was a pick six by Georgia. Awesome. So um, I think Georgia's defense is really good. Uh, I just don't know how good their offense is. And yeah, it's just kind of hard to know what to take from a game like that. Hmm. Um, okay, brace yourself, who's uh, your fans. Uh, it was a bad weekend for the Hoosiers. Oof, man. It was a bad, bad weekend. I mean, it's, it's probably a bad sign when they spell Indiana wrong on the jersey, right? On one jersey. Oh, yeah. One jersey, which I,
1: I don't know how that even happens.
0: But it's still a bad omen,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Particularly the the jersey they show on social media.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: The athletic department tweets it out and it. Yeah. I imagine it goes through – like three or four people before it gets posted, right? Uh, you, uh, who knows? Um, but nobody <laughs> caught it.
0: <laughs> yeah, props to you. So apparently they can't spell and they can't play football apparently because yeah, – They got whooped on. They got beat down by Iowa on the road. I think it was 34 to 3 I think was the final. It was – I mean, It was a massive it – was, It was a – yeah, I mean – so I, I think it will be a little quiet on the IU football front for a while in terms of the, the, the woofing and the and that until they play Ohio State. And then they will they'll kind of pop their heads up probably, which is like – it's like October 23rd or something like that. And then they will sort of pop up and do some woofing. Yeah.
1: Um, it does – so was last year for IU just magic? I,
0: I think IU is better than what they showed this Saturday. Mm-hmm. But – you know, a little reality check uh, for them. I think, um, in any case, um, and then Notre Dame survives, survived in overtime mm-hmm. against an unranked Florida State team. Not good on the road. Fair in, in fairness, but um, yeah. So um, yeah, looking at you, Lee in Indiana. Um, it's uh, you know curious how how our Irish contingent feels about surviving a a Florida State team that is not especially great this year on the road. So anyway, their quarterback played fine. Uh Jack Cohn transferred from Wisconsin, grad transferred from Wisconsin oh. to Notre Dame. He played fine. So he's a one year rental kind of Yeah. Yeah I think so. Uh so uh yeah and of course Alabama just dominated they by far look now they played they played Miami, who was who is Overrated. They are not the 14th best team in the country, but they just blasted Miami. So in any case, it's just nice to have meaningful football back on.
1: And with, with crowds and yes. all, all those things which we yes. didn't have last year. And, yep.
0: Yeah, that know, was very all, all enjoyable. All those things were good.
1: So um, do
0: you want to throw in anything about your Mets here?
1: Uh, they won seven of nine. So we're three and a half games out in the division. So I twenty five so, games to go.
0: So a glimmer of hope from, from.
1: there is a glimmer. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, a small glimmer. But we've got a we've got a we've got a hit. We got to win games. So okay, okay, um, and then the NFL season starts this week Thursday night. Yes, I just learned I have tickets uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving to Colts, Bucks. Okay, so get to see. Uh, Tom Brady, is uh, that uh, Scott Sloat coming through for you? That's there? that's that's Scotter coming through. Okay, All coming right. through. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So recent,
1: recent addition to Hoosierland here. Yes, he he will now be Scott in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just Dad, you know, <laughs> Dad in Indiana. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, have you ever been to Lucas Oil Stadium? I've never been to Lucas Oil. Isn't that wild? I, I've yeah. I, when I've lived here, I've been to. Uh, uh oh goodness is it the the one in Tennessee is that Nielsen?
0: I don't remember the 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 name of the stadium there in Tennessee.
1: Okay. I've been to the one in Nashville. Never been to Soldier Field, but I've been to I've gone back to Pittsburgh, watched a game there. Gone to Cleveland, watched a game there, but never never to Lucas Oil.
0: I've been in the stadium, but not for a football game. I actually took a tour of the oh, stadium cool. a few few years ago, uh, which if you if you get a chance to do that it's a great op- it's great it's an um, an amazing facility. Yeah. But um,
1: supposedly we're on the 20 halfway down something okay. like that. So those are
0: And uh and who um who do your jets open with? Uh Carolina. That's right. Uh, so the return
1: of Sam Darnold, but yes. I think we're I think we're in Carolina. So Okay. Yes. So it should be should be interesting.
0: Yeah, Zach Wilson against Sammy D.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. My favorite Mormon against uh, <laughs> against Sammy D. Okay. But you're
0: reasonably optimistic for the Jets' season uh, in yes. terms of
1: – I think I'm more – like I, I think I said losing record, but I think they show some, some glimmers, win seven games. Okay. So seven and ten. Seven and I'll ten. I'll help you with yes, the math Thank there. you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Seven and ten. Uh, but most, most of the projections I see are like three to four wins is what I'm seeing out there. Oh okay so but I think they ha- I think they have a good defensive line I think they have a better offensive line and I think they'll just squeak some out. It's just
0: so hard to know from yeah. what you see in the preseason you get a you know a brand new quarterback and
1: so the NFL is so like in flux you know it feels like goodness a so one one team could just come together all of a sudden and yeah three players could have a great season and everything changes
0: yep. It'll be nice to to have some meaningful n f l football on i I was thinking this past this past Sunday like this is the last Sunday afternoon without football for like and, until the week, end, end the, of january right the week before the Super Bowl yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 so in any case, we ready to move on I think so, yeah, okay, so last week we talked about. Uh, what makes a good teacher. So it only seems fair that this week we talk about what makes a good student. So let's start, John, with um, were you a good student
1: in your early years? In my early years, no. No, I was not. Uh, I think I leaned on my own cleverness uh, versus actual studying and engaging in, in schoolwork. I think I just leaned on my own ability to figure things out or to see education as more of a game Okay, So I gamified it as, OK, what is it, what's it going to take me to get a reasonably good grade on this test or quiz or whatever okay. and went from there. I'm willing to bet in middle school, high school, you were a very good student.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was a good student. Um, I was uh, – but at the same time, I, I was probably one of those kids where I had to work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, so I, I was I was not a brilliant kid in terms of just like no work, show up, just know it and and do it. Uh, so I had to work uh, a little bit at, at school, um, and I did uh, I did take classes. Like I, I was in all of the like honors top classes sorts of things. So um, I did I, I did have my struggles at points. I, I was not a good student in physics or calculus. <laughs> Um, I, I like to say that uh, I was good at math until there were more letters than numbers okay. involved. Yeah, and so um, you know that kind of gets you through algebra, <laughs> and you know then you get into geometry, and then I kind of struggled uh, once we got to to cal and then calculus was was rough. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, and even in college. My major was not difficult, so I, I was a procrastinator. Sure. I just sort of, you know, got things done, except for when it came to um, taking Greek. I had to work a little bit. At Greek. <laughs> 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 that was not a the just you know show up and and get it done kind of. thing. And that thing. paid off. It did. Know? Yeah
1: that that seemed to seems to have paid off. But um, yeah, I think I think even in college, I was first couple of years leaning on my own cleverness, ability to, to gamify something, figure out the, the least amount of work to get a good grade. And then I, I think my junior year is probably when I started picking up the studying and the working and yeah. uh, taking uh, New Testament Bible exposition with Ed. Um, I'm sure you remember Ed. Yes. And uh, I think that's what really kicked me into overdrive when I couldn't just lean on my own cleverness yeah. and uh, – and had to work, and then and then the following year after taking that class, I was like, I think I want Greek, and then I think I went. I need to go to seminary, and that was when, yeah, I think th- when I would say I kicked it into overdrive and really I did all the reading and uh, yeah. wrote all the papers and studied mm-hmm. for tests and quizzes and those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably a pretty common experience for people who go on to do, um, well, even even in college or even undergrad work, that uh, it takes somebody figuring out what they're interested in. And then when they find the subject area that they're interested in, suddenly they're willing to put in the work to, yeah. to learn as opposed to just the, what do I have to do to get by to survive mm-hmm. in this class kind of thing. So, um, so I, you know, I, I think that uh, that's one of those dynamics where even when you talk with students and you can just kind of tell it's like well wait till you maybe hit a subject that you that really engages you and then you'll find yourself actually motivated to you know do the reading and and put the work in oh yeah um what were some of your favorite subjects um
1: in i'm assuming you're talking pre-seminary Pre,
0: yeah pre-seminary um, and
1: even pre-college perhaps i mean yeah so some of the bas- basics um i Enjoy. I, I always had a knack for math, so but, but similar probably similar to you. Uh, I believe I, I Danny in Ohio would um, <laughs> would disagree. <laughs> uh, I, I actually excelled as we got into algebra and some of those things. Even imaginary numbers uh, that Nate in Ohio, I'm sure, is going to love that I bring <laughs> oh, up on here. Um, I, I, I did pretty well uh, at those things. Uh, English was not my thing. History was okay. Uh, and yet here you are teaching. Church history for us. hmm Yeah. I mean I didn't – You've take, come around. Yeah. I didn't take church history in high school. OK. You know, it was American <laughs> government and, and those sorts of things. OK. But o- always a, always a knack for, for that. Never really – I was always clever enough to get by in the sciences. Uh, mm-hmm. So for instance, instead of having a final exam for physics, what our high school teacher did was we had physics Olympics. <laughs> And we had to create these different things. One of them that I remember was you've get 20 pieces of paper and a yard of tape and we are going to put an egg in whatever contraption you can make out of that uh, paper and tape. And, uh, And we're going to put an egg in there, drop it from two and a half stories, something like that. And your egg has to survive. And whoever uses the least amount of paper wins. Okay. And I, and I won. Like like I won that because I was able to just sort of figure out like well, what's going to work well? What's Okay. You know, and I I modeled it after like Ooh. a commercial I saw. I think it may have been for a Dodge, you know, talking about the crumple zone and the accidents. <laughs> and so I created a crumple zone on this thing. I think I used like a sheet and a half of paper or something like that. To-
0: I see. So so basically I mean One of the things I appreciate about you, John, is you're the kind of guy that likes to figure things out. Yes. (laughs) And so your go-to is YouTube YouTube, and Google. YouTube, Google, podcast, yeah. But if someone says, how do you do this? Your inclination is, well, let's Google it. Let's YouTube it. That's right. And uh, and so even at that age, before YouTube and even before Google, well, Well, yeah, probably before Google. Google, Yeah, Google was was early. infancy, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um I mean you're taking what you're learning from uh <laughs> from car commercials. <laughs> from car commercials. Yeah. Crumple zones. About crumple zones, yeah. Okay.
1: Saves the humans inside as well as the egg. As well as, as the practices. egg, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well that's 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 good to know. That's good to know. I was more of a uh, – I, I did enjoy I did enjoy history. Uh though here's the thing. History's one of those subjects that you gotta have the right prof. That's right. Because even if the content is interesting, it's possible for a bad teacher to make it mind-numbingly boring, even if you really like history. And so um, I remember hating my European history class in in high school because I had a terrible teacher. Hmm. And then the very next year having American history who I had a great teacher and just it made all the world – uh, of difference there, but um, I, I think uh, as as we think about what makes a good student, I, I think I would start with, in one sense, where we started last week with what makes a good teacher, in trying to frame this around the idea of loving God, and uh, and loving neighbor. That, that there's a sense in which being a good student is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, uh, it's a way of uniting uh, knowledge with practice ultimately because even if you think about it biblically, um, our, our ability to worship God is related to very closely our knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. You, you can't worship God well if you don't know him well. And so um, I think there's that knowledge piece, and that knowledge piece isn't just about you know God's attributes or, or that sort of thing, but it includes a knowledge of his world, um, and, and even just moving that into the love of neighbor, uh, if you, loving your neighbor well involves knowledge, mm-hmm. know, knowing about humanity, knowing about the world around us to be able to love well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Who was your favorite student, by the way? <laughs> Maybe just put you on the spot right here. Well, um, with I'm, me sitting right across from. Right. You. I mean. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> let's remember that last week's
0: episode. I I graciously withdrew myself from consideration from being in the mix for your being your favorite teacher. Okay, so. I'll I'll withdraw. I'll withdraw. <laughs> I, I see what you're getting at. So. Um, I mean, <laughs> the the politically correct answer is, of course, All I of don't them? have favorites. Oh, OK. OK. That's so, not true, though. No, it's not. OK. I mean, let's be honest. I, Teachers have favorites. They do. And part of that is oftentimes just a – some students make it easy and enjoyable to teach them and other students not so much. Sure. So um,
1: – but uh, – I w- I always appreciate students who ask questions in a way to uh, l- to learn something. Like they like they're genuinely curious, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference between a genuinely curious question and somebody that's looking for an axe to grind. Yes, or looking for an opportunity to flex what they think they know. Sure, sure. Or to have a gotcha moment with uh, yeah. the the professor for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. And some of this comes down to uh, whether you view the the teacher student dynamic as an adversarial one or as a um, sort of a, a complementary one, a come
1: alongside each other. Yes, yes. Us versus the material, yeah. Instead of instead of me against you.
0: Right, and um, I, I think that there are some subject matter. There's there's some subjects that lend themselves more to confrontation and adversarial. Uh, dynamics. I mean, when you think about theology, for example, and mm-hmm. different you know, theological perspectives, obviously you can start to see some of the sparks fly. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, yeah, asking good questions, I mean, you know, side note, I wrote a book called Asking the Right Questions. Yes. So I'm a big fan of asking good questions. Uh, but I, I do think um, Good students tend to ask good questions and don't ask too many of them.
1: (laughs) And, and, and also, um, they also have a clear understanding of what their question is. Yes. Sometimes, and I get, I feel like I'm getting more and more of these students where they start their question and they're like, I don't know what I'm asking, (laughs) but I'm going to talk it out. But that's the verbal process. That's the verbal processor. And I'm okay with that every now and then. Yeah. But, uh, I'm like, going
0: to talk my way eventually into something that resembles a question that I'm hoping you can answer. Yeah. And then it's just like, <laughs>
1: boy, I don't know how to untie, untie
0: that knot, you yeah. know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So let, let's talk about a, a, a few things that make a good student then. We, you mentioned asking questions, asking good questions, asking mm-hmm. thoughtful questions. Um, what are some other things that, that come to mind
1: um. Yeah. Uh, a respect for the subject that we're talking about. Okay. Um. So, what do I mean by that? Uh, uh, uh. Seeing this as a valuable piece of your education, even though it's not directly related, maybe to things you're going to do day in and day out. Yeah. Um. In In a career down the road, but but having a respect for the the respect for it that this is something that. Great people have gone before you in and, mm-hmm. and, and have learned and seeing it as valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh I'm going to come at it from another angle because in an ideal world, every subject that a student approaches would be like, oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm naturally motivated to want to know more about this and to learn it. The reality is that's not the case. Nor is that the case in 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 Sort of the the real world of of work, right? I mean, there are aspects of both of our jobs that we go, yeah. I this is not my favorite, but I have to do it. Yeah, so I do it. And I think that, um, and and this is we, we've we've talked about this before when it comes to uh, the languages. There is a a discipline that comes from. Uh, Having to learn subjects that you maybe you're not naturally attracted to, mm-hmm. but it requires you to be consistent in putting in the work to learn and be able to use the subject matter. Yeah, and I think that there is a sense in which um, one of the one of the ways that, from a Christian perspective, we can help students is to help them understand that uh, that their education is ultimately um, – their approach to it is an area of where God requires faithfulness. Hmm. It's this is what the Lord has put before you. So you are asked to be faithful with it and being faithful involves putting forth good effort and putting in the hard work necessary and uh, doing uh,
1: – Doing what you need to do in order to uh, to learn the material, and, and using even assignments that you don't necessarily need as opportunities to learn. Uh, so, if you've done the good work of getting hundreds on all your quizzes and all these things and all your papers, the final is still still an opportunity for you to learn something.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I think um, when it comes to. Uh, I guess one of the questions I often wrestle with is uh, how do we create in students that sense of we, – we want to pursue creating a sense of wonder. Like I mean our goal is, as, 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 as professors is to – at some level, I want to entice you to be interested in this. Mm-hmm. I want to show you why this is valuable or interesting or important. And yet at the same time, we can't just leave it there and go, well – if I don't capture your attention, then you're off the hook. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So um, marrying those two things together of trying to create um, a passion or an interest in, in a subject while at the same time holding students and calling students to uh, to faithfulness when it comes to – even if you don't like this subject, it's still required and still um, something that is going to be valuable to you for whatever
1: degree or whatever – yeah, you're you're pursuing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, even in a subject like Greek, we we have to do things like that. You know, so I try to talk about goodness. Uh, uh, oh, goodness! Uh, Surprised by hope by by Lewis, where he talks about his education, and I talk about him basically going into an attic with this old man and learning learning Greek in the morning. This is all they did in the mornings was, was Greek learning um, and reading Homer, the Iliad, the, you know, all all of those sorts of work, as well as the New Testament. Yeah, so trying to create that sense of you're treading the same path as C.S. Lewis, you know. There you go. It's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, we've talked a little bit about this, but I, I think it'd be good just to highlight it. In terms of curiosity, I think makes a good student. Oh yeah. Just a general sense of curiosity about the world
1: and about God and about His ways. I talk about that, and I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, uh, but when I go to remember the
0: first rule of the podcast is don't get fired.
1: I don't think I'll get fired for this. No. Okay. Um, but when I do meetings with students, I'll create values. That I'll throw up on the screen, um, that our seminary has, that I've I've quite frankly made up, and uh, <laughs> uh, and one of them is curiosity, yeah, which I think is a, I think is noble. I think that's a good one. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and
0: and along with that, uh, curiosity when it's married to humility, yes, is a is a great combination mm-hmm. uh, because we've all we've all seen the student. We've all seen him or her, the one who thinks, I already know all this. I already know all this. And so there's almost this posture of I dare you to try to teach me something I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like I see that as much in our I, – I don't see it in our college students. And I don't feel like I see it as much as I used to
1: early in my teaching career in terms of seminary. So interesting, I think I've talked to some people that think that was a Gen X thing, and now that we've we've sort of for the most part I think cycled Gen X out of certainly college, but but mostly seminary as well, mm-hmm. and now we're into millennials uh, in seminary and some Gen Zers in seminary mm-hmm. and certainly Gen Zers in uh, in college that that we've they have a little bit more natural humility maybe than than the Gen Xers did.
0: Yeah. I don't mean to that, that might be the case um, though I do I, I do see that I see a, a a modified version of this even among college students at points yeah. um, and this is this is hard to say without it sounding self- serving but I'm gonna say it anyway there have been moments where I've had students who will um, who will just utterly dismiss my view and then you know. Propagate their own view, offer their own view, and they dismiss my view on something as if
1: they've thought about it as deeply. They've thought about it as
0: deeply and as long, and have studied as much as I have. Now, let me clarify: that doesn't make me (laughs) right, but what it does make me is someone who's thoughtful (laughs) Mm -hmm. and someone whose view probably shouldn't be just casually dismissed. With the wave of a hand of an undergrad student who's just learning about the the issue. I I remember – side story here. I remember in seminary, I did an independent study with Don Carson. Oh, boy. And um, part of the purpose of this was to write a writing sample that would get me into a PhD program. So uh, I wrote a paper and asked him. I said, now I'm asking you to grade it. Not just like you normally grade it, but like the fine-tooth comb approach. Asking Don Carson to do this. Oh, <laughs> so it was funny, it was like a thirty, it was like a 30-page paper. And at page 20, he he put it at the bottom of the page. At this point, I've stopped grading with the fine-tooth comb because I feel like I've identified enough of the sort of picky issues. And now I'm just reading for content and flow and like <laughs> but in any case. One of the things I did in a footnote was um, I noted a view by uh, a scholar, uh, Joe Fitzmaier. He's a Catholic scholar. He's a paper on Romans. And um, I, I stated it. And then I said something like, uh, but this view can, can be safely dismissed or disregarded. <laughs> he didn't like that. Don was not pleased with that. <laughs> and he basically was like, um, you are of no standing – or stature, to make that kind of statement. Now, he might have been able to make it, sure, but not me as a third-year seminary student. Um, and he was just pointing out there there needs to be a little <laughs> bit more humility there before you just casually dismiss his views. So, in any case, uh, humility is is something that um, is important. And then the last thing I think I want to hit here is just there are some practical good habits. Sure. Uh, study habits, practices you know, in terms of note-taking and regularity of studying
1: and those sorts Going of things. Going to bed on time. Showing yeah. up on time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and that's one of the things that you know, I, we have to hammer away in Greek is Greek is not for, for like 98 percent of students. Greek is not something that you can go to class and then do nothing with that until like the night before and think, well, I'll just spend a half hour doing homework and I'll be OK. Nope. It's the kind of class that requires consistency and building habits and that kind of. stuff. You can't cram. If you cram, you may pass. Yeah, but you're not going to get it. You're not going to do well. Yeah. So, uh, well, you've got a busy day ahead of here, John. So we need to we need to move forward here. Thirteen
1: minutes. What about resources here? Well, you you put both these down. Um, I'll highlight the one that I'm most familiar with, uh, Barnabas Piper, The Curious Christian. We had him on to to chat about that book Mm -hmm. or chat about all his books really. Yeah. Um, But but I I find The Curious Christian a a helpful one.
0: Yeah. And I I think that that, that's one of those things that applies beyond just – Absolutely. You know, the academic student. I mean all of us I think should have a curiosity about the world that that moves us to to learn – and then the other one here, uh, Tim Challies wrote a book called Do More Better, which my wife would chafe at the grammar of that. But, sure. Um, uh, then there's a student edition. So he wrote a general one. It's a real short book. But basically it's, it's tips on productivity and, and, and kind of organizing your life that can be really helpful. I think some students really struggle until you give them like, OK, here are four things you need to do. Yep. Uh, so do more better. Well, we are on episode 88. So, John, we need an athlete.
1: Yeah, let's uh, – we've got some great choices uh, this week. Uh, so let's let's tick them off here quickly. You want to uh, anger these people right from the start here. You said tick them off. Oh, tick them off. Uh, just, just mention them. Oh, OK. Just kind of like – you know, like a – I thought you might have meant let's anger them. Let's anger them. No, I think I, think I meant it – I think that's a British idiom and expression, right? To, to tick them off, to like number them or – Anyway, it's a list. Okay. We're going to say the All list. Right. Uh, uh, Lynn Swann. Yeah. Lynn Swan. I mean one
0: of the one of the iconic members of that sure, uh, the steel. Steelers uh, dynasty in the 70s into the early 80s. I almost said Steel Curtain, but I suppose that That's was the, the defense. defense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. More more your generation here. One of the one of the yeah. great uh, tight ends of all time. Trevor Burrus And
1: probably was the first modern tight end that I could think of, the pass catcher and the
0: Um, maybe in your lifetime. I mean Kellen Winslow back in the eighties. Not Kellen Winslow Jr., but in the case, yeah. yeah, But Kellen Winslow with the with the uh, Chargers and Dan Fouts was but yeah like he he was maybe one of the early um like the modern tight in terms of like he's a major focus of the offense and we're going to use him a lot.
1: He was one of those early guys that was part of that. Um, fun fact, I know some people that are related to Tony Gonzalez. Okay. He married into their family and uh Tony's a universalist. Interestingly enough. Okay. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh Michael Irving? Uh Ir- Irving, Irvin, yeah. Irving. Uh obviously famous Cowboys wide receiver um who uh Has one of the all-time all-time mouths of all time. I mean, just just a big talker. Yeah, not a fan. Um, Really? Yeah, not a fan. (laughs) I'm not
0: shocked. Uh, Fun fact about him: he is the 15th of 17 children. Man, I I can't even wrap my brain around that.
1: Yeah. Eric Lindros. Do you know who Eric Lindros is? I knew he was a hockey player. Yeah, so I remember watching Eric Lindros uh, in the mid '90s, and he was uh, hated as a flyer for Philadelphia. Okay, had a long career.
0: Yeah, hockey players tend to they tend to play for uh, for a long, long time. So, and then for Ohio State, uh, Ben Hartsock was a tight end from '99 to 2003. Uh, and then played in the NFL for 10 years. I mean, you play in the NFL for 10 years, that's a good career. Yeah, bit of a journeyman. Yeah, Colts, Titans, Falcons, Jets, Panthers, Patriots. I don't know if you remember him passing I, through I, your beloved Jets. I don't. I don't know I don't. how long he was there. Uh, and then on the current roster, uh, Jeremy Ruckert nice. is their current tight end. And he uh, he doesn't get the ball enough in the Ohio State offense. But uh, I'd be shocked if he's not a— uh, first two rounds, kind of draft pick. He's got those kind of skills. Um, who do you like? Um, well, I'm 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 ready to eliminate Michael Ir- Irvin there. Okay. Um, and I'll probably eliminate the hockey guy, Eric Lindros.
1: Lindros. Okay.
0: And I don't know that either of the Ohio State guys rises to the level of of prominence. So that gets us down to Tony Gonzalez and Lynn Swan. That's where I was as well. Okay. With those two. Did you know Lynn Swan is only 5'11? Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, again, he played in a different era, but still. Um, I mean, do you want to go? I mean, yeah. Do, the, do you, you go w- the, the
1: historical guy or yeah. do you go uh, the more modern guy? Yeah. Who, who's a universalist? Who's a universalist? Of course, you don't yeah. know what Lynn
0: Swan's personal beliefs are. so.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably in inclined to go, Tony Gonzalez. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Tony Gonzalez. It is one thing you liked. Uh, so, uh, content warning uh, for mine. It's a new show that Andrew and I have discovered on Hulu. Um, only murders in the building. Have you? I, I think I've seen like a, like little banner ads for it. So uh, it's got the three main characters are Steve Martin, yeah, Martin Short. Yes, I have seen ads for this, and Selena Gomez. Okay. And the three of them are podcast junkies and they all live in this one building in New York City. And they've owned uh, – Steve Martin and Martin Short have owned, this, owned their apartments for years. So they have very cheap rent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Selena is living off her aunt's uh, place. Okay. And um, there is a dead body found in the building. And when this happens, the fire alarm goes off. They end up in a, in a cafe talking about a podcast that they love. And, uh, and then they, they learn about this dead body in the building and they decide they're going to make a podcast about the murder that's happened in the building and, or the, the dead body. Okay, It's ruled suicide. They think it's murder. And so they, they're exploring this. Uh, and so it's, it's not – I wouldn't say slapstick in any way, but it is, it is funny. I mean it is Steve Martin and uh, Martin. Yeah, Shirley. I was going to ask. I mean, with those two, there has to be a pretty strong comedic element. And then it. Selena is just stone cold – I see. Just doesn't laugh at what they say. Yeah. Isn't humorous at all. OK. It, but it's pretty funny.
0: The classic straight man. In, yeah. In, in, in,
1: yeah. In comedy terms. It's okay. very, it's very very good. I, okay. We've really enjoyed it. What was only, the name of it again? Only Murders in the Building. But content warning, there's some language. I wouldn't say it's pervasive, but there is some language.
0: OK. Yeah. That might be something to check out there. All
1: right. So for me,
0: um, I got a drone. <laughs> Yeah. So with your uh, with your 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with Grace, uh, I, I finished out my 15th year. And so, you know, they recognize you and they give you one of these little catalogs where it's like, oh, pick out anything in this catalog. And so there was some debate in the Harmon household as to what I should get. And there was nothing in there that I'm like, oh, I really need that. That'd be a good yeah. opportunity. And so I just decided I'm going to get the drone because. It's – there's no risk. If it ended up being a total piece of junk, it was free. I'm not out of yeah. out any money. And so uh, – And it's never something you're going to buy for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when I was a kid, there was a stretch from like 10 to 13 where every year for Christmas, I asked for a remote control
1: airplane and never got wow. it. Wow. So this is this is so this was tapping into some deep childhood some, wounds. Some some young uh, Matt. Uh, yeah. Some young Matt. Uh, so wounds, I, if I, we can say. I, I I got a drone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm 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 enjoying it. It's fu- I, I've I've been out. It, does it have a camera on oh, it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's got a camera that that uh, has its own little Wi-Fi network that connects to your phone. So oh you cool. C- you can take pictures and record video. It's HD quality video. Wow and so um yeah i'm I'm out most evenings now, assuming the weather cooperates. It's a little sensitive to the wind, I bet, yeah, <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's a little bit of a learning curve to figure out how to fly that thing, but hmm. uh, yeah, I'm having fun with it, so I bought very a cool. drone, very Actually, nice. I did not buy a drone. I got a drone you you were given a drone, by yes, yeah. yes, there you go. All right, well, we got to wrap this thing up because uh, we both have full days ahead. Yeah, I and got a meeting in four minutes. There you go. So uh, we have talked some college football. We've talked what makes a good student. We've talked to Tony Gonzalez, the Universalist. John has shared a program with us that has a mild content warning. Yep. And I got a drone. I think by definition, we've covered our various and sundry topics. And so we are ready to call mission accomplished. So until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later.